Welcome into episode 62 of the Natural Hattrick Podcast alongside Jamie Eisner, Craig Morgan, who's feeling especially optimistic today. I am, thanks to you. I'm Luke Lipinski, who apparently made Craig optimistic. How are you guys doing today? All right, is my microphone on? Could be. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't really... I don't have headphones on, so it could be. I think be. it is. I'm, I'm trusting Jamie. Yeah, the, the listeners will tell us anyway. Okay. Otherwise, ja- Jamie's going to... There'll just be dead air every, every once in a while during this podcast. He's, he's looking cool. at the levels. It's actually just him talking. Yeah. That's right. That's that's true. Okay. Yeah, that's I made sure the important mic was on. This episode is entitled Jamie's Revenge. <laughs> Aren't they all? All right, gentlemen. I think we should start in Vegas. Oh, why not? Of course. Uh, with a hockey team that I don't know what to call at this point. We're still talking about this. Even I'm angry. Mike's not on. His I'm mic's almost as angry one. about this as I am about how bad The Walking Dead has been this year. And I know you guys can't relate because you don't watch the show. Well, maybe we don't watch it because it's been so bad this it's year. It's a really good decision this year because since the season premiered, it has been trash. Trash. I, look, I like character development. I like story development. But it has to be accompanied by good writing. I'm just bored watching it for the last five weeks. But you're going to keep watching it, right? I'm assuming it's going to come back. I mean, they had six really good seasons, so I'm... They're in I'm, season seven of that show? I think it's seven. I'd, I'd have to go back and check that. I think it's, it's either season six or season seven. Wow. I can't remember exactly since I binge-watched, Ooh, and it was very dangerous. good. But now it's just... It is season seven. We're developing minor characters that I don't care about, and we're developing, developing them poorly. There's nothing that I'm learning over the last five episodes. I know how all the really listeners feel on this podcast every yeah. week. <laughs> developing minor characters they don't care about and doing it poorly. There you go, master of the segue. And we're back to the podcast. I don't Actually, hold on. I'm going to unsegue that segue. And that, start a new segue? That, Speaking of yeah. things we don't care about. <laughs> you don't even know what I'm going to say yet. <laughs> I'm just going to say, Jamie has, has done a really great job on the show, but now that he's pointed out that we don't care about that, I'm going to move back to your story, Craig. That doesn't seem like the sort of show you should binge watch. Well, it's yeah. It, it was a, a bit upsetting. Like I don't think I'd go outside for a week after. Yeah, that. it can have a psychological yeah. impact. I'll, okay. I'll admit that. It's not watching a while. It's feeling optimistic. Summer. Today. I had all the shades drawn. <laughs> I may not have. To be sure, you don't for a few weeks. In the middle of summer out here, you really don't want to be outside for. This a is while. true. Yeah, that was the perfect time, right? Yeah, that's pretty brilliant. It's the perfect time. Although you don't want to be walking around with a beard. It's also for a fair. couple reasons. I have a friend who says anybody who has gray in their beard should shave immediately because they look homeless. <laughs> Transitioning to the Vegas Golden Knights. There's really no Speaking of homeless them. people, well, no, they're on the a, Las Vegas Strip now. They have a great home, but uh, they don't have a name. Or they do have a Well, name. they have a name. They just don't – they just can't We're sell – sure they, they just name, can't right? sell their – you know, any more of their apparel with their name on it. But Are they reviewing you that name? Is that what's going on according to the official release from the NHL? Yeah, they're uh, had a well, typo because in it. yes, three drafts long. I I I can't tell you how little. I mean, there's so much that went right with getting them getting that franchise, and I think it's going to do extremely well because of a million things we've talked about on the show, corporate sponsorship. I'm already sick of them, though. Just, I'm, I'm sick of this Vegas hockey team. They have zero players. They don't have a coach, and I'm already sick of them. The best tweet I saw was when they released the name. Somebody tweeted out, I'm sick of all the Vegas Golden Knight fans. Name one player on the team, you frauds. <laughs> That's the best tweet I've seen about the, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. But, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm pulling for them. Like, obviously, it's a team in the, in the desert southwest. I want them to have success for a variety of reasons. But they haven't played a game. They don't have a player. And just the way this has all been handled, and maybe this specific instance isn't necessarily their fault. Yeah. But it just felt like there was a lot of publicity grabs that didn't need to be publicity grabs. It's just everything that surrounded this whole naming thing. Because Foley's a, a pretty likable authority yep. figure. Been, yeah. Uh, we, we all think Vegas is a really good market for the team. It's a 
it's probably good for us for some some hockey road trips. It's right up the road there. I'm in. It's just that this whole naming process has just been wow. You're just never gonna let that down. <laughs> no, you're never going. Not. And don't can have broken I, ribs this time. Can I ask time. a dumb question? Why did the last two award shows? Yeah, you had your broken ribs. Broken ribs. Wait, you had broken ribs? The time before. Yeah. Two years ago. Yes. How did, how did the broken ribs happen? Hockey. It was a hockey-related mm-hmm. injury, mm-hmm. and I don't want to get into it. Like Patrice Bergeron kind of incident? Somebody using the back of their stick and driving it into my yeah. ribs. And we, okay. just, we just walked wow. aimlessly trying to find frozen Moscow mules as best we could. Pretty much, yeah. And, and then, we did. Yeah, and then last year I wouldn't have even been able to have one of those because I didn't have my license. So who knows what's going to happen this year at the <laughs> award show? <laughs> Just a question. Okay. Why didn't Vegas and the NHL go down this road before announcing the name and logo? Why do you not go through this process? Do you not check? Well, it, were they so, were they so afraid the name was going to be leaked? I mean, was that the know. concern? Because maybe, maybe, we see this happen. Oh, the, this team filed a trademark for these three names, which means they're going to be one of those names. But wouldn't it be better to have that happen than to you know be in, kind embarrassed. of embarrassed? In fairness. I think they should have gone with placeholder. Well, there's still time, unless, like, Utica College is the placeholders or something. Right. Yeah, exactly. Let's bring that North, up, Northeast Missouri really? State. Do you, have okay. you heard of this college before? No, I haven't, and I have the logo up on my screen, Craig, if you want to take a look, if the you haven't seen it. College of St. Rose. It looks nothing By at the way, all like Vegas's logo. Also, upset of the century, it's not on the West Coast. <laughs> I, I, I asked Alex in our office, I said, name, name three states where you would think the College of St. Rose is. Oh. It's like California, Oregon, Washington. So I would have guessed that too. It's in Albany. I was oh, wow. I was going to guess New York. It's I really Albany. Was. Is there a Saint Rose? By the way, there are a lot of saints, aren't there? There. I think there was Can't a period of time yeah. where everybody was sainted. I, I think, think they keep adding them. Like every day, there's like seven new saints. If you're you like, keep up. if you're the College of Saint Rose, shouldn't you be the saints? There should be some sort of or the roses, <laughs> religious. <laughs> I, look, to the, it, the deities. I don't know. Well, you can you yeah. see the logo. It, it doesn't look at all like Vegas. The Saint Rose violence to me. Saint Rose miracles. Religion, violence. I don't know. Well, I, that sense. one right there, that particular logo, which if you read the the reports on the potential trademark infringement, is that what they're calling it? They don't look the same at all. They're different colors. That looks like a cartoon. That looks like a knight from like a Bugs Bunny sketch. <laughs> it does not look like Vegas's logo at all. <laughs> the College of Saint Rose. Talk about free marketing, by the way. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. They're yeah. on the map now in Albany. They, they have a 74% acceptance rate, if you're wondering. 74%? Wow. Maybe I could go back there and get my degree in trade. able to get a little more selective now. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't even know what's next for this team. They still haven't really <laughs> well, don't next come at sh- me with your C-minus average anymore. <laughs> what's next for this show? <laughs> uh, I mean, the possibilities are endless. Yeah, C-pluses. Maybe we should have a mascot for this show, and he can just stand over there in that corner and dance throughout the uh, the podcasts. I, I think we're done with this until something else happens, which something I'm sure will happen will, yeah. next. But yeah, I'm, we're done with this for a couple days. On to the uh, the Connor McDavid situation that happened earlier this week. Yeah, yeah. Where he hits his uh, mouth on the ice, very clearly hits his mouth on the ice. It looks very painful. You know, watching that clip, by the way, and with what happened to him last year, I'm afraid he's going to be somebody that might end up getting injured a few times just because he plays the game so well and he's just so much faster than everybody else i mean look he hits his jaw on the ice he pops right up he says he's fine they they pull him off the ice for concussion protocol and then he was upset and so were the oilers and so were their fans yeah well you know the, the fans i love the fans in edmonton i really do but they don't have any reason to be upset about anything for the next they're 10 trying years. to protect the franchise player on your team get over it 
these few minutes he's off the ice are not as important as his career. Yeah. If they made a mistake, oh well. They erred on the side of caution, which is what they should always do the, in these the, situations. The concern with concussions apparently goes away the second you walk into arena doors. <laughs> the way people talk about how sports organizations, whether it's the NHL or NFL, away from the rink or the field is a completely different tone than when once they get in the arena. It's, oh, you yeah, know, they should protect mm-hmm. all of these players except when my team needs a goal. Yeah. Yeah. Look, there's a possibility. This, this could be instructive for the league, right? They could say, okay, maybe, maybe there are areas where we, the process failed here, so we can tweak it. Fine, tweak it, but don't get angry with them for erring on the side of caution to, to protect any player, not just Connor McDavid, but any player, because take a look at what's going on with the, you know, with the past concussion lawsuits, with these enforcers talking about the issues they have. Take a look at the medical repercussions of this kind of stuff. Repercussions, you can... I thought you were going to bring that up as soon as I said it. No, you know, that's actually a word enough. I've heard. No, not it's not compunction okay. or veneer. Okay, true. You remember those words. Wow. I do. Okay. I have them written on my arm like memento now, so I can but always refer again, to Again, when you, you consider the long-term implications of this, don't get upset at them for trying to make sure this doesn't happen or, or doing whatever they can to, to take care of the player. Don't get upset about that. It's not, they're not gladiators, all right? This is not the forum. No, and they're in a tough. The league's in a tough spot. Look, first of all, Edmonton ends up losing that game. That was the Minnesota game, right? They lost two one in overtime. They had a five on three basically coming up. Obviously, McDavid wants to be out there. I'm fine with McDavid being upset about it. That's fine. He's a player. He wants to be out there. And as it turns out, he was fine. So there wasn't an issue. But the reason the league is in a no win spot is let's say they pull him off the ice and they they save him from a potential injury that costs him six months and he misses two games or something. Nobody's going to talk about how great of a job they did for saving the Oilers six months of Connor McDavid, partially because maybe you'd never even know. But if they pull them off and they're wrong, then everybody's looking and saying, well, you cost us a point. We definitely would have beat Minnesota in regulation if McDavid was out there. And also, this is a pretty extreme circumstance. A five-on-three with Connor McDavid, that's not going to happen constantly yeah. where there's guys getting hurt. And also, them being wrong doesn't necessarily mean they were wrong either. Like, just because they weren't able to initially diagnose him with a concussion that does not mean sense. he didn't have hey, one. Hey, the player says he's fine. Gee, that never happens yeah, no in the NHL or NFL. But think about the sentence Jamie just said that somehow made sense. Just because they were wrong doesn't mean they were wrong. And we both were like, ah, that makes sense to me. Then you were right. And huh? what he meant. Wow. Yeah. Okay. We've been doing the show together What about Patrick Maroon? Long. What a maroon. <laughs> what a maroon. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, let me say this. It, oh, boy. Here we go. Really poor of choice of words, right? Do I think he intended to be sexist on top of being an idiot? Oh, I didn't even see that. I don't think so. Part. I don't think that's no, where he was I, going. I, I, I think the distinction was it's a man's game versus it's it's not a boy's game, all right? We're, oh, we're tough yeah. here. I never I don't even think took he, it that way. I don't think he intended to be sexist. Now, should he choose his words more carefully and think about it? Absolutely, because what you say matters, and people have different reactions yeah. to it. So... Words matter. Consider them, Patrick. But beyond that, again, what about all the guys that have gone before you that have experienced major medical problems after they've left the game because of repetitive trauma to the head? Did you think about that and you just want to dismiss all that and say, it's a man's game, just suck it up and, and take the blows? Uh, which, which, is, which is a dumb and archaic way to think he about is. things it's in the first place. Well, but it's, it's, you know, he's not the only one that thinks of it. Oh, no, oh, no, of course not. He is far, and all over many leagues. I mean, yeah. he is far from the only one that, that views that as this kind of toughness of, well, we, you know, back in my day, we just, we, we, you know, we had our bell rung, we got back out there. Well, right. okay, well, now we know better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Congratulations. 
geez, now we have knowledge to tell us that's a bad idea. Yeah. It doesn't make you not tough either. No, exactly. No, it doesn't. But that's just the mentality that's been drilled into a lot of these guys. Right, but you can be tough and smart. Yeah, you can. But in fact, it's a better combination. Yeah. The maroon quote was right after the game, too, I believe. So, I mean, that, it, that is what it is. I, I think the bigger issue is when you have people talking later, like that either weren't involved in the game or are talking the next day that are upset about this. That, to me, is you've taken emotion out of it. You should be looking at it with a clearer head. Right. And, I mean, I've, I've heard quotes from people. Uh, Paul Maurice was the quote that really stood out to me, the Winnipeg Jets coach, who wasn't he, – he made it very clear to say what the league is doing is the right thing. Mm-hmm. But even when he was talking, he was saying it – but they're being hypervigilant – I'm paraphrasing. And it's going to cost teams games, which is frustrating. He did say that. But he peppered his comments, knowing full well that people were going to pick them apart with, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. It is the right thing to do. Look, it's unfortunate that, yeah, it probably will cost some teams games. Maybe it did cost the Oilers a point there. Whatever. Worst case, you'll get another number one overall pick. Maybe it'll save somebody's health. Yeah. yeah. Which is more important, one game or... And, and, like and in said, the end, look it's going to... Even from a competitive standpoint, in the end, it's going to even out. Someone's going to get pulled from a game against your team because of a concussion protocol yeah. and... It's, it's going to happen. It evens out. Health is more important, both in the league sense, both financially and PR-wise, and also just for being a human being and not wanting these great players or really anybody to, to live their later years with the inability to know who they are or what's around them or, or die prematurely because they had too, too many hits to the head. Yeah, and, and to your point, I mean, in this case, it's Connor McDavid. Even if it's not Connor McDavid, if it's some fourth line or some sub that's filling in for one night it still matters just as much it's just getting heightened attention right now because of who it is and the way he's been playing yep. hockey by the way he's like running away with the scoring title just in terms of total points i think it's pretty clear he's the best player in the league <laughs> <laughs> well that's a good segue to patrick line uh Oof. this is a great year for a rookie of the year race like if, if they let's if they named the three finalists for vegas right now this is what would happen. I would instantly lose my driver's license because that's what happens. And then I would drive up to Vegas, and I don't know if Austin Matthews would be one of the three finalists. And he's pretty much doing what everybody expected, is he not? Like, Zach Wierenski and Patrick Laine are the clear front runners, I think. And Well, I mean, Matthews is right there. Are you saying Mitchell Marner? I, I just have this feeling what about that this Marner... about a few weeks ago? Yeah. How yeah. good and deep this yeah. race is. And what was funny is at the time... Patrick Laine had hit a, a patch where he wasn't doing anything. Yeah, and they just started. He'd fall behind, and then like literally, hat tricks. I watched my, my my story got published, and then he got hot again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as we as what tends to happen because we set the tone. That's true. He's six points clear of anybody else in the rookie scoring race right now. And let's not forget the the goaltender for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Who's yeah, as a I re- revealed to you the other day, that Matt Murray is still indeed Matt Murray's a rookie. A rookie. I wrote about that like four months ago. I know, but I mean, is he in this discussion too? He should. He be, should right? be. Yeah, yeah, but he won't win. I, he literally could go on a Carey Price like run, and they're going to look and they're going to say, A, he already got a Stanley Cup, and B, there's other great rookies this year. Yeah, I actually do agree. I think he's going to be hurt by uh, the writers uh, just watching him through the postseason and saying, Ah, now we're not going to give it to that guy. This is great. If you go on NHL.com and click on the points lead, it just takes you to the Edmonton Oilers website. So I can't really hmm. there. It worked that time. All right. Uh, yeah, that site always works so well. Yeah. Well, that's rude. It's Jamie's first noticeable shot that he took on this uh, this episode of the show. I, I just, with line A with 17 goals is tied with Crosby just in terms of overall goals. So it's, he's just putting together a crazy season. Yeah, it really is. How many times did we hear scouts say leading up to the draft, this is going to be a 35 to 40 goal scorer at some point? I don't even think they expected 
that year one. When he's on pace for like 52 goals. Yeah, again, I, I got to believe it's going to regress it. He and Jimmy Vesey are both shooting over 20% right yeah. now. Vesey has slowed down considerably. Yeah, that can't last, right? No, and I think especially once we start getting into post-All-Star game, we're going to see where these guys stand. Yeah. That's typically with the rookie wall. They're not playing more games than they're used to ever playing. We'll see if he's keeping it up. Interesting stat here, though. Line has 78 shots. Austin Matthews has 93 in four fewer games. He's taking a ton. Of, I mean, even when he wasn't scoring, he was taking a ton of shots. Yeah. At some point, i I, I got to believe that's going to equalize a little bit. But we'll see. I mean, you, you know, if he maintains this pace... Clearly, he deserves it. Well, Line was... 21.8% 20, shooting yeah. percentage right now. He's on... More than two, 29 games. He's on pace for 48 goals. What do you guys think he finishes with? I'm going to say, like, 42. I'm going to take the under on 40. You're going to take well, the under on 40? 40? I think, yeah, he gets I think right he's going to be in the mid-30s when it all... Too, assuming like, he stays healthy and all that, yeah, all that jazz. Have you guys seen him shoot? Yeah, he's... Yeah, I, just, I feel like this is this rookie wall. Shot. He's got an accurate shot. And he's confident enough to take it from anywhere on the ice. But I still think he gets... Doesn't get to forty. Okay, we'll revisit this. We will bet a finish flag on this. Finish flag. Yeah, finish flag. So get ready for that. Uh, But yeah, I would say at this point he's the clear leader for rookie of the year, which is taking nothing away from the year Zach Wierenski is having, or even Austin Matthews, like or Matthews or Mitch Marner. But Mitch Marner's having a great year too. If you have Marner and Matthews there together, I I kind of feel like yeah, they'll hurt each other. Yeah, and I feel like Marner will get the nod to be a finalist. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, they're still yes. around. I'm just saying this so Craig can take off. Jonathan Taves is hurt. Corey Crawford is hurt. Um, How badly is Jonathan Taves hurt? How bad is that back injury that was supposed to be day-to-day and now is week-to-week? No, back, what I mean, is it? Okay, I'm just totally speculating here, but back injuries for hockey players are brutal because it just it limits what you can do. Mm-hmm. The Blackhawks have, what, the best record in hockey? Mm-mm. Maybe they're just not rushing him back. Was Montreal one game better? I think they're second in the NHL standings. Well, they're so, yeah. tied in total points with Montreal. Montreal's okay. played less games. Maybe yes. they're just not rushing him back. I'm sure that's part of it. Again, this this plays a role in many ways for the Blackhawks. They're still... Q is still Joel Quenville. I can't call him. Yeah, just, we're, we're, we're not on that. Yeah. Not if you're going to call him by one letter, he's got to be on the podcast. We're not on that kind of uh, friendly basis. but uh, Not like you are with B. All right. You need basically one... Can we just delete that part of it? One, one high-ranking <laughs> NHL... A coach or GM for each letter of the alphabet. That's <laughs> yeah. got to be your goal. The real time but, you know, he's X. experimenting with the young players, and he can afford to do that because they bank so many points. They're still atop the Western Conference, even though they really haven't played well for a long stretch here. But Jonathan Taze being out of the lineup just, just highlights, except when they play the Coyotes, how little they can score or produce offensively. I mean, they've got, they've got one line right now going. Okay, so two things. First of all, I'm going to pull back the curtain from the show. And when Craig sent this idea in, he used the word perilously thin, which I guess is two words, the phrase, for the, the Blackhawks forward group. With a qualifier, for a contender. Okay, but you okay. didn't write for a contender okay. in there. So then right. I'm like, well, what other, teams, what other teams have the equivalent of Panarin and Anisimov and Kane and Hosa up front? Uh, I can find like four. <laughs> but that said, you're right. Coming into that game on Tuesday night, I'm looking at their schedule, and they had scored 13 goals over their previous eight games. That's a little weird. Now, take out the Winnipeg games because they're never going to beat the Jets in a hockey game. I'm convinced of that. The, the Winnipeg Jets own the Chicago Blackhawks. That's just the way it is. But that was only one of those eight games. Right. Yeah, and it's again, they're not getting anything from their third and fourth lines. I mean, once in a while, Ryan Hartman or, well, Richard Ponick was scoring earlier in the season. He's not now. So they're just not getting anything from those bottom six. And 
when you lose a guy of Taves stature on top of it, not to mention what Corey Crawford has meant to them this season, yeah, they're, they're really struggling for scoring, and it, it should be a concern moving forward. Not that they can do anything about it, because, again, they're cash-strapped because of Taves and Kane's contracts. But when this team hits the playoffs and they only have two lines that can score, I know you're still thinking that they're making making it to the cup final, right? They're still your pick? Well, absolutely take that just, bet with you. Right? You want to bet another finish it? flag? I'll do it. Let's do it. All right. That's Double or nothing flags. on the finish flags. <laughs> okay. I just I can't see it. I, I think this team is going to have problems in the postseason. And and by the way, they're just a mediocre possession team, yeah, too. Yeah, that, that's they the problem. They get shot all the all time. All the peripherals are a little bit more... All concerning. that stuff you guys say. I know. You, you said this last year, too, and it didn't, and they lost in the first round. No, 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 no. The, no. All of my, my, whatever you want to call it, my momentum that the Blackhawks are making the Cup started this summer for this year. I'm sure maybe I said it off the air, but on the air this year, specifically, they're going to make it to the Stanley Cup, and every time you guys come up with these stats Logical that are legit. arguments yeah. why it might not happen. But And that's fine until... <laughs> You have to take a step back and tell me who else in the Western Conference is better. Because St. the Blackhawks, they don't have to be perfect. St. Louis, there. I think, is better. I think San Jose is better. Well, and Nashville's figuring it out right now. So let's watch where this goes. Because Nashville's really trending in the right direction. So Chicago and Nashville play in the second round of the playoffs. A best-of-seven series. And everybody's healthy. Like It's not like Kane and Taves are out. I'm assuming Taves is back. Everybody's healthy. You're going to sit here with a straight face and tell me you think Nashville's taking the Chicago Blackhawks out in the playoffs. I yes. think Nashville has a far superior defensive core. That's I mean, yes. not what I asked, though. Far superior. The yes. best team doesn't always win. Yes. Yes. Just well, of course the best team doesn't always simple win. Simple answer, yes. I think they will beat them in a seven-game series. Right. They don't have this I magical think. power over I don't believe the Blackhawks are deep enough. Also, by but the way, the best they're better thing... in a best-of-seven series than Why? most of these Why? Just because Why? of the guys because that have they've done, done it? it a thousand times. I, mean, I, I agree. Except last season. counts for a lot. But how many, how many times did they do posts. it last season? They hit two posts on one shot that would have put them into, into round two. That would have, oh, yeah. It was overtime. It would have put them into overtime. We yeah. all know it would have happened in overtime. They win every overtime playoff game they play. Every single game. St. Louis, honestly, if that Brent Seabrook shot had gone in, I think St. Louis would have taken a year off this year. Because you know Kane would have scored in overtime, or it would have been just some complete third liner that just happened to kick one. Whatever. Chicago would have won in overtime, and St. Louis would have all been in therapy. By the way, the best part about the Blackhawks right now is, according to their Twitter account, uh, Joey the Junior Reporter is coming back soon. Finally. it's awesome. All right, so you guys both have Nashville winning the Cup, otherwise I win the bet. That's Nashville, I, I didn't say they were going to win the Cup, but you asked me if, if I thought Nashville would beat Chicago in a playoff series right now. Based on the way both teams are playing right now, yes. But full health. Full health. Okay. If, if, yeah, if, if Taves is there, I still have huge concerns about their third and fourth lines. We are, and that, that's fair. I'm not, I'm not disputing anything you're saying. I'm just saying you're looking at it in a vacuum. When you take a step back and look at everybody else in the Western Conference, I could poke holes in any of those teams, too. Maybe Maxime Shalunov will be here next year for the Blackhawks, yeah. playing the left side with Taves and whoever. If only somebody wrote about that. Oh, wait. Oh, look. I didn't really. I just kind of shout out to Scott Powers, who, who did all the legwork. I tried to do more legwork, but nobody called me. Nobody wanted to talk to me, so... Pretty much linked to Scott Powers' story, and then now that, now that you made nice with uh, Kyle Wood, uh, you have to have somebody else that doesn't call you back. So yeah, yeah. Maybe when if that wouldn't be an issue if when you called people and left voicemail, you, you didn't just do what you just did and said nobody wants to talk to me. Will you call me back? I please? called Russia trying to talk he to did. a scout. I it, called Russia. Is, I'm not going to call right now. I had to, you know, I had to wait until like 11:30 at night to yeah. call Russia, where it wasn't rude. I left yeah. a voicemail he for the be scout because because he emailed me back and he said, well, I I, I was gonna. Call him, but it's 2.30 a.m. in Moscow. I'd be rude. Specifically, you called somebody in Russia. You didn't just call call Russia. Somebody, yes, I didn't call the entire country. (laughs) Okay. 
So typically on this show, I think ever since we started, which was the beginning of last season, we have just sort of accepted the fact that the Central Division is by far the best in hockey. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it has been for the last yeah. few years. It has been. It, and maybe it still is, but whew, the Metro is right there this year. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some good teams that miss the playoffs in the Metropolitan Division. And, and at the moment, I don't see how more than three get in from the Atlantic. I mean, I guess that could change. But if you look at the Metro right now, even compared to the Central, the worst team in the Metro is the Islanders, which they're not good. They've got issues. But they still have 25 points, which is one less than Dallas. Uh, the worst team in the Central is Colorado, and they've got a myriad of issues. Oh, they're also that. last in the NHL. Yeah, That's a Craig Morgan word right there. Did I say it right? Myriad. Uh, close yeah. enough. A plethora. Yeah. plethora. Cornucopia. Cornucopia. <laughs> Bevy. The, yeah. uh, keep going here. An abundance. All right, now you're just celebrating it. Six teams with 30 or more a points lot. in the Metro. Six teams. That's crazy. Yeah. What, what, what's the tops? Uh, let's see. The Pacific has four. Yeah, that's true. More than the Central right now. But just the, the Metro in general, I mean, at most you're going to get five. At the moment, that would leave New Jersey out, which wouldn't have shocked any of us at the start of the year. But New Jersey's playing pretty decent hockey, and they survived Taylor Hall missing uh, a chunk of, of games there in the middle. But Columbus has 34 points. Philadelphia's won six in a row as we record this. Obviously, Pittsburgh and the Rangers are at the top. Washington's actually been a little bit off compared to where they were last year, but they still, they're still they still playing great hockey. I mean, that's going to be a race just to get into the playoffs in that division. Yeah, it's shaping up that way. Right? The Devils are 8-0-2 at home. Haven't lost in regulation at home. You don't think of the Prue as a incredible home ice advantage, do you? I, no, when I go no. there, I, I have distinct <laughs> other memories. You, you stop by the Wound Care Center on the way. There's the Wound Care Center. There's that walk from... The train station. Yeah, there's the, actually the being, I don't advise. There's the being in Newark part of it. Wow. <laughs> yes. And then there was that uh, sewage backup in the arena that one time I was there. Just uh, one time. Yeah, not one every time. time. Oh, that's just right. Jersey. Wow. Oh. Look at that. Just taking shots at Jersey. If Jamie's missing next week, we know why. Uh, I will confess this to you. I've never been to the Prue, the as rock. you call it. Yeah. The Rock, uh, as they call it. Yeah. Uh, the what is I believe what they also called Alcatraz. So there's, a <laughs> and they still do call it that. As good as the Penguins Adam and Rangers can escape. are playing, <laughs> they're both five points out of missing the playoffs right now in the Metro. And that's Pittsburgh and New York, who they've done about everything you could expect them to do up to this point. I mean, that's how tight that division is. That's, we're not seeing that in the Central. I, I don't know. I look at the Central, and are we sure Dallas is making the playoffs? They've got to get it together here at some point soon. Yeah, I mean, the problems that they... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the problems that... It, it, I'm going to have here, to ask you to come in on the their weekend. Their goaltending is trash. Here's okay? the... Here's their the goaltending is trash. Wow. Here's where... Well, I haven't seen Craig like, this fired up since he was talking about the walking Here's guy. where you could take Queens in, in small sample sizes. When the small sample size displays all the flaws that you knew were there all along. Well, in small sample size now, we're a third of the way into the season, but we, too. But we've known... But the, it's one thing to say, wow, a team that's not scoring that we expect to score, we... It kind of expect there to be a rebound. True. A team that we know has these defensive and goaltending problems, having these defense and goaltending problems, doesn't tell me that it's going to get better. No, and I just I, Inj- injuries have hurt. Three point two two goals a game. That's dead last in the NHL. I don't care how good your offense is. Yeah. You ain't. You're not doing anything. No, you're yeah. not doing anything with that. Especially stat. when you start playing good teams, and if you even get to the postseason, no, not a chance. Third worst goal differential in the entire NHL. Oof. Even if you believe that they're going to get it together and start playing better hockey, which I, I kind of tend to believe there's too much talent on the team and they've had injuries and everything, but in that division, 
you need other teams to, to drop off for it to really even matter. Right now they're sixth. Uh, they're what are they in the conference? They're like tenth or eleventh. Well, yeah, they're doing what Vancouver did last year. So they're losing a bunch of games in overtime, so they get to stay somewhere around NHL five hundred. So they're hanging around, but I mean, you have to jump at least probably at least two teams in the uh, the central to have any chance of, of making the playoffs. Now, look, if they get in, they're dangerous. We were just talking off the air about you know if you're Chicago and you win the central division, that makes your path a little bit easier. But what if you win the central division and that means playing Dallas in round one? I mean, there's there's not really that's not a team you'd want to see if you finished first or second in the conference. Yeah, and you had Dallas, Dallas is fully healthy. Yeah, they, they're still alarming because of the the firepower they have. If if they ever get it all back together, I mean, Patrick Sharp, tough tough luck story this year. But yeah, they'd be a dangerous team. But again, man, you got to tighten up a little bit. It's it's just awful right now. It's awful. That would be a fun first round series though. Chicago and Dallas. Every game would just I don't be think eight I'd six. Want to see it. I don't, I don't think it would be a very long series. No, I think you're right. It would be like Dallas's that. problems are way, way more pronounced than Chicago's. It would be like that Anaheim-Winnipeg series from a couple of years ago where the games would be fun, but it might be over in four or five. If, if Corey Crawford's healthy for that series, I just I don't I don't trust the stars enough to keep the puck out of the net. I just don't. As long as he's not in any concerts leading up to the series, he should be fine. Anything else on the uh, the Metro? I think we should talk about Columbus because we just saw them here. I think we spent more time talking about the Blackhawks again in the Central yeah, than about know, the Metro, it's, actually. It's Craig's fault. That wasn't even my fault. No, I, right. I didn't even say anything. <laughs> now, your eyes said everything. Your eyes tell the whole story when it comes to the Blackhawks. Uh, oh, when, when are we going to get this inevitable <laughs> Hurricanes breakout that we've been talking about for two and a half years now? It yeah, kind of yeah. started there for a little bit, but that doesn't... It's not enough to move up in that division. Yeah, that's the thing. Look at that division again. Yeah, you're right. It's that's a tough place to be. So, or in that conference, you're talking about Carolina. Did we just say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's 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 been the trendy, and myself included. Oh, this is going to be the year. But they're they're young again. Give them some time. Sebastian Ajo has been pretty good. He has been. Again, another guy that's lost in the shuffle of the rookie race, right? Yeah, been pretty good, but it's difficult. It's difficult in that division because Pittsburgh's got Crosby and Malkin, Washington's got Ovechkin, and I'm assuming Kuznetsov starts playing hockey again at some point. Philadelphia's got Giroux and Voracek. I mean, you've got so much firepower there. The Rangers have Lundqvist. That if you don't have, who's actually not been anything that special this year so far? He hasn't, but they keep winning. I just if you're Carolina. It's going to be really hard Rangers, to climb into the top four. Rangers are regressing. Yeah, the, the still, Rangers are going to come back the down to earth. Are regressing. They're, they're a bad possession team, and, that's event, and they have a really high shooting percentage. It's, yeah. That's not going to last. Well, you know, to your point, as great as they've performed, or at least their results have ended up so far this season, they're two points out of fifth in the division. I mean, so if, if they are going to regress, it's not like, oh, well, they'll regress, but they'll still make the playoffs. There's no guarantees in this division. I guess no. that's my whole point. Columbus... Yeah. I was, I've been very impressed by Columbus all year, and I'm going to go on a slight Coyotes tangent just because I want to get your guys' thought on this. Is that the path the Coyotes need to follow? It's a good tie. I basically wrote that. I talked to John Davidson with, with the Jackets last week. Wait, you wrote that? I did. You should, you should read his work. I, had this, I read most of his work. The guy writes nine stories a day. Well, so now my, my original trying, trying to feed his family, Luke. It's fine. It's, ahead, been, Craig, it's been weeks years. since we slipped uh, a shoes. paycheck under the ta- under yeah, the door for him. Do weeks. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> his kids need shoes. You would not want his kids to have shoes, hate Luke. My kids now. I mean, I guess that's here. that's yeah. I guess that's what I said. Why do you hate Luke? Why do you hate Craig's kids? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But it why, why do you hate? Why do you hate his wife? Um, why don't? Why don't you want them to be happy, Luke? I, I do. I just don't <laughs> want them to steal my Columbus Blue Jackets angle. But apparently, they all got together at Thanksgiving and stole it. Well, it's, I mean, it's there's a parallel there in terms. Here, do you of, want my shoes? <clears throat> these ones actually aren't that bad. <laughs> 
My girls are never going to fit into those shoes. Brand new, though. Yeah. Worn okay. them like twice. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. There's, there's a parallel there in terms of sticking with a plan, right? It, when you look with, at what Columbus went through last year with how, how bad they were, especially out of the gate, I think they lost their first eight in regulation, which is a modern-day NHL record. They could have said, okay, something's terribly wrong with this team and, and made major changes. They didn't. I mean, they made some important tweaks, but they didn't make any major changes. And maybe that's the parallel with the Coyotes. You're looking at it right now. We're so early in the process with the Coyotes. I know it's, it's hard to hear that because they missed the playoffs for so many years before it. But if you look at the process, I know they introduced four rookies, one not by design in Louis Domingue last year, into the process. But really... To me, this feels like year one of the process for the Coyotes because now you've got pretty much, as, as John Chayka told me yesterday, you've got pretty much the core of who's going to be here in the lineup with, with the exception of, you know, important exception of Dylan Strom who's back in juniors. But most of those guys are here. Well, so, and Keller eventually, but that's not going to be for a couple years. Yeah, we don't, I mean, we don't know how that one's going to play okay. out. But, but you're, 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 you're basically in year one now, so... Realistic expectations for this year when you've got nine guys in the lineup who are first or second year player, you're not going to be a playoff team. Yeah, it's just it's not even realistic. And I know they talked about it, and people are probably a little angry that they talked about it at the beginning of the season, set their expectations. Well, what do you expect a franchise well, to you, say? Do you say, yeah, we're not going to be in the playoffs this year? And you should be trying for it. Even and they are. You should still try. They, yeah. they are, and, and they've been in a lot of one goal games. So and maybe you can Calgary it from two years ago. Sometimes you get a little right. lucky there. That's and true. actually, I can do it this time. I wrote about that earlier right. this year about how it's really. I know they've been the Coyotes now have been bad for five years, but it's not the rebuild didn't start five years ago. No, no, no. no the no. rebuild really really started to went from rock bottom, which everybody yeah, knows where rock bottom ago was, was brutal. started to go back up, and now they're actually in the beginning stages of that rebuild. They are not where Calgary is. They're not where Columbus is, and they're not where Carolina is in those rebuilds. Those, those franchises are multiple years ahead of where the Coyotes are right now. Yeah, and that's hard to hear because you've been through so much as a Coyote fan already. I would think it would be easier to hear so that you don't think they're taking steps back. Yeah, they're well, I mean, in the standings, forward. if you look at it from just a standing standpoint and, you know, how their performance on the ice, yeah, they're taking a step back. But, it was again, you had to expect that. It, it, again, people, I think people hung too much on the words, we want to compete, we're going to do what we can to compete for a playoff spot. Well, that's what, again, that's what every organization has to say and what every organization is trying to do on a yearly basis. But Except the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay. Trust Carry the on. process. Yeah. <laughs> But as John Chaika said, we also went into the season with our eyes wide open. And, and there are a lot of things that you're counting on happening or hoping will happen to make the playoffs. And one of those that they, they gambled on that didn't pan out was Dylan Strome being ready. Or any just of, not physically or, ready. Or any rookie that wasn't Chitron. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can make that argument. You've seen flashes from other guys, like Lawson Krause looks like he could be a, a pretty effective bottom six four, yeah. but you're not seeing the offensive upside from him yet. Christian Dvorak's been okay, but... You're not again. You're not getting dynamic yeah. offensive creativity from Christian Dvorak. Anthony D'Angelo has some upside, but he needs to work on the other side of his game. So uh, Perlini has looked decent. I mean, it's only two games. Yeah, two games. Early, yeah. yeah, I'm really curious to see what he can do in a longer sample size. But again, this is part of the process. This is what it looks like, and it's just it's just hard to stomach after you've been yeah. out of the playoffs and, so many seasons. And ultimately, you have to you have to take a look at the on paper roster and say, okay, well, where is this team really compared to other teams, even when healthy? Where's this team compared to other teams? And it's not very favorably. And it's a lot of because it's, they have so many young players in the lineup who are going to get better. This is, this is not a situation three or four years ago where you have a ton of old veterans that are in there that are not performing. You have young guys that some are performing, some aren't performing, Just but you expect to be better. 
You have but, an area to grow versus, oh, no, this isn't working and we have no hope. This is where I can protect my the integrity of my tweet from yesterday. This is really all this podcast is about. Okay. I was kind of going down the path Craig's talking about, but the uh, the actual, more specifically, I'm just looking at, like, if you look at Edmonton, oh, they were rebuilding and rebuilding, and then they got one of the best players ever, maybe. Or you look at Winnipeg, they were rebuilding and rebuilding, and then they got handed Patrick Laine, or Buffalo got Jack Columbus never had a player like that. Columbus never won the lottery, and so now you're seeing Cam Atkinson, who they drafted, and Alex Wenberg, who they drafted, and Zach Wierenski, who they drafted, and Boone Jenner. And then, yes, they traded for a couple guys. They traded for Seth Jones. They traded for Brandon Saad. I think that is, if, if you are a Coyotes fan, you're looking at this and saying, Columbus is legitimately good this year. I'm not, Columbus isn't going to win the Cup, but they're legitimately good. So if you're the Coyotes, maybe you can look at that and say, okay, we were never handed or whatever, never had a chance to draft a generational talent, but all of Columbus's young players seem to be getting good at the same time. Maybe, whether it's this year or next year or two years from now, it's we're saying that about Max Domi and Brendan Perlini and Jacob Chikrin and maybe somebody they traded for, however you want to look at that. Maybe that's somebody they already, they already acquired in a deal. Maybe it's Anthony D'Angelo. Who knows? Then you have a lot of first-round picks, and maybe you hit on one later, like Dvorak. Maybe those guys all develop at the same time. That was my parallel I was trying to draw. Yeah, I think that's fair. You, I mean, you hope that it pans out that way. And Columbus, again, like Jamie said earlier, they're they're farther along this continuum. So yeah, they definitely. could probably make the moves like they made. That's, that's that's another thing we can't ignore here. Look at the moves that they made mm-hmm. in the trade market. Now, you can say Chicago Sand was forced in giving up Brandon Saab, but they were the ones that took advantage of it. There were a bunch of other teams that could have done it as well, including the local one. Brandon Saad's a guy who's going to be around for a long time as yeah. an uber-talented player. So they went and got him. They went and engineered a trade for a defenseman as well, right? So they... But they also gave up Ryan Johansson to do that. But they knew they had Alex Winberg coming. They, yep. they believed in that process. That they, they believed in what they saw in terms of development. And now they've got, a, they've got Seth Jones and they've, and they've got Wierenski. I mean, talk about a top pairing. It's, yeah. But I mean, there. Winberg wasn't doing anything before this year. True. So I just that's the team that is the closest for me. I mean, even Calgary. Like, we were always people were drawing comparisons between where Calgary is and where the Coyotes are. But Calgary was able to draft Sean Monahan, and they they got Johnny Gaudreau late in the draft. And you know, not a lot of teams have those guys to build around. So, right. it, it's I guess the the parallel would be building around a few really good potentially players as opposed to one or two great players. Yeah, you just hope that the center position pans out. That's the biggest thing. Still is strong. The biggest are, question mark for the Coyotes. Are Stroman Dvorak going to be what? Well, they're not going to be what. Are they going to be they're, Monahan and Bennett? Well, no. I, I, I feel yeah. pretty confident saying they're probably not going to be that. No, but. But Is can they be Wenberg, they, they be Carlson? Yeah. That's Maybe. That's not crazy. Maybe. I, I don't think that's how they're impossible. I, I mean, Monaghan and, and Bennett are going to be upper echelon players, and they were from the second they stepped yeah, on NHL ice. But we'll see. That, I mean, that's really the biggest, that's really the biggest difference. Yeah. They have really they got some good young pieces on defense. They have the best yeah. defensemen of the three. Teams. You know, it's it's again and again, you have to wait and see what a, a blue line does because that, that position, in my opinion, takes a little longer to develop. But... I think there's a lot of encouraging yeah. signs on their blue line. I, mean, I still wouldn't hesitate if, you know, if you get to the off season and Kevin Shattenkirk's still available. Heck yeah, I'd still go out and pursue yeah, that absolutely. and try and bring him in. And then that could with, be your Seth Jones, basically. With, yeah, playing alongside El, and then that's the other thing. Columbus mean, never had an Ekman Larson. The Coyotes already have that to yeah. sort of build from. So at that point, you could really you could solidify your blue line. You could say, okay, we're we're set yeah. at I, this position, and then you start looking at the other positions to address. But. And I know he's been in and out of the lineup and up and down a little bit, but what Chichin's been able to do at 18 yeah, as a defenseman playing significant minutes is 
remarkable. It really is. He's uh, the, of all the guys that have come in. He's he's the one where I've just he's he's the one with the wow factor now. Yeah, he's the wow factor and the confidence. I mean, he I mean he said from the moment he got drafted, he you know he, no I'm going to play in the NHL this year. Said it five minutes after he got drafted, I specifically remember that. And everybody, I remember being at the draft party interviewing him, and everybody's like, oh that's nice that he wants to do that. Like good for him, but not like oh he'll be here as an 18 year old defenseman on a team coached by Dave Tippett on a team with a, a lot of veteran defensemen. Yeah, that was the other thing. They, you can honestly like on the team McCulloch's and the minors. I mean, it's not like, well, we have to put Chitron in or we're screwed. But yeah. they didn't have to. We earned it. So Calgary, who we have talked about here a couple times, they're on a roll now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to the point where they were – they've played more games than everybody. I, I, really, I really wish there was a website that had the standings but also had an option where you could just click on winning percentage. Because if you just look at points, it's very skewed. But – yeah. Calgary's played more like Calgary's season's almost over. They've <laughs> played like eighty games. <laughs> on the flip side, that think about the grind and the toll that takes on a team. It's true. Having to play a more condensed schedule and they've still managed to get on this kind of roll. They are on a four game winning streak as we record this. They're two points out of first in the Pacific behind Edmonton, which whether you're a fan of those teams or not, that's gonna be fun if that becomes a rivalry again that actually means something, not just two teams that hate each other at the bottom of the Pacific. Uh I mean, what, what in your mind is working, Craig? Well, it Other starts. Than Chad Johnson. Yeah, that, that's where it starts. So you can, I mean, he's, what is he, 9 and 2 in his last 11 starts? Uh, That's excellent. Yeah, he's among the league leaders in save percentage and goals against average, and such a great story. He's a guy that was here, obviously, for a little while. I had a chance to talk to Brad Trilivic about him yesterday, about his long history with him, because when he was in the Coyotes organization, he was in the AHL, which Brad was basically in charge yeah. of. So, developed a relationship with him, a trust for him, and knew that he was a a capable goaltender. Now, they still brought in Brian Elliott, who they thought would be their starter and will still be a factor this season, but this is this is about opportunity as much as anything for Chad Johnson. He's put up pretty good numbers. He just hasn't been allowed to play consistently, and now he's getting that, and he's, he's just carrying them right now. Dougie Hamilton said to me yesterday, that last road trip we had, we don't win half those games if, it, if it's not for him. It's, so he's, he's the biggest reason behind this. And that's been the, the point you made about him being pretty good elsewhere. It's been the sneaky thing. I mean, he, again, he didn't play much in Arizona, but he was good in his very brief time there. He was pretty good backing up Rask in Boston. He was pretty good in Buffalo. I know he struggled with the Islanders. But he's been pretty good at a few different locations now where he's been given an extended chance. And I, I, I'm not all that surprised that he's having success. I'm not either. I just I'm with you guys. Like it's not even just his numbers. Like he had he did have good numbers though in Boston. He he started 23 games with the Coyotes. He only played four games in that that lockout shortened season. But you know he was basically the third string goalie. But when they called him up, he was just very fundamentally sound and just you don't know if he can do it for more than four games. But then you see what he did with Boston and Buffalo. Yep. Yeah, nobody's yeah. ever good with the Islanders. I mean you can't hold <laughs> that against them. I, and I, I think the Buffalo one in two because it was easy to poop. Was. It's a good point. It's a great Kelly Rudy <laughs> reference, too. It was easy to poo-poo, well, okay, he played, there's more defensive system in, in Arizona, there's a very defensive system in Boston that was probably helping him. Then he goes to Buffalo and doesn't quite play that style of system, has a lot of young guys on the yeah. blue line, and was very, very successful. And he was there last year as opposed to the year before where he would have been immediately traded or cut for playing well. So right. he, he had good timing being in Buffalo, but yeah, it's... If you had asked me at the start of the year, is he going to be the number one and the reason Calgary's winning? No, I wouldn't have said that, especially after they went out and got Brian Elliott, who, by the way, hasn't won a game since, like, October, if I'm looking at this right. Yeah, I mean, he's not playing anymore. He's looked better, but his last win was October 28th. What month is it again? December? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
it's it's remarkable what Chad Johnson's been able to do. Two other factors that Brad talked about yesterday. One, I mean, when you look at the overall numbers for their power play and their penalty kill, you say, oh, well, Cal- Calgary's special teams are terrible. Well, over this stretch, they've actually been top ten in both for both units. So that's been a big part of the turnaround. But the other big thing here, and the thing you always need to do to have success as a team, is their best players are playing like their best players. Again, they're, they're getting – Johnny Gaudreau's only been back two games. He has two goals, four points. Sean Monaghan has three goals and seven points in his last five games. They're getting contributions from the big guys. And, by the way, they threw Dougie Hamilton up with Mark Giordano, and since that pairing has gotten together, they've been terrific. Dougie Hamilton's been really good. They didn't trade him to Toronto? <laughs> For 21st-round picks? No. Oh. <laughs> 21st round picks, though. That, I, I mean, you do. I wish I could it. play the entire tape of what Brad said about that because you remember it all started with him watching a game there against the Capitals. Yeah, how and dare the rumor him. started. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there were some choice words in what he said to me, but basically what he said to me is, I'm never going back to Toronto. <laughs> but you can't. By the way, there, there's if you're, nothing. If you're an NHL GM and you go to Toronto, it's just assumed you're trading away one of your players. There's nothing more overrated in sports than when people tweet out in any sport. What scouts are watching yeah. what game? They Completely have teams agree. have pro scouts everywhere. everywhere. Exactly. There yes. will be at least what? A, is it safe to say there will be at least a dozen scouts at tonight's yes, Coyotes that, Flames what game? What that is 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 Some ignorance of, of the process. Yes. That is a complete ignorance of the process. When you're like, oh, there are this many scouts here tonight. So what? They're there yeah. every night. They're and all. They're, here they're always tonight. seats reserved. At and least sometimes, sometimes they show, sometimes they don't. And sometimes, sometimes they come just to talk to somebody, or sometimes they come just to enjoy the free hot dogs. Right, and get out exactly. People don't get how the process or, works. Or in it's Ray so Whitney's true. case, play jokes on Shane Doan. So, <laughs> so wait, so we can't we can't start a rumor tonight that the uh, the scouts from Toronto are at the game looking for a potential deal for Michael Furland. I should just start tweeting the list of scouts every day. Every and, day and people go nuts. Scheduled to be there. People lose their minds. Look, there's twelve scouts here. Don't tonight. don't speculate. Just list the, the names of the teams and be like, just saying, Montreal has a scout at the Coyotes Flames game tonight. Is then, Carey Price watch on the where move? it leads. Watch, Maybe. Watch the, then just check the mentions after that and see oh, where yeah. it goes from there. Carey Price crazy. Brian Elliott. Now, and, and I'm not saying, I'm not discounting the possibility that there was a conversation, because that's the other part we talked about last week, Luke, is GMs talk all the time. Yes. They're on the phone all the time. They have conversations, casual conversations about players. Yes, they talk about players. It doesn't mean they're considering a trade. Yeah. This is just day-to-day life of being a general manager in the National Hockey League. It happens a lot. What? It's like on draft day, like, oh man, the two GMs are talking near the table. Right. Oh, I thought right. you were referencing that movie with Kevin Costner. Uh, hey, did you try that? No, because the, Brown, the Browns did something right. Italian now. restaurant in town. <laughs> Suddenly, it's they're interested in an Italian player. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fernando Pisani. Uh, I will say this: Calgary's attack, and it's a little skewed because Johnny Gaudreau missed ten games, but uh, nobody has more than fifteen points. But everybody seems to have fifteen points. Michael Froelich, how about that? Huh? Yeah. Bet you miss him. The Swiss Army knife, as Brad calls him. I like that. That's a good nickname. Yeah, that was great. That's pretty fantastic. That was a good quote. I wish I could play the quote about Toronto. Good stuff. No, they called can... it a brutal place. No. There's another word in there, too. But... <laughs> I'm sure he's not the only <laughs> NHL executive that feels that way. That's got to be, in terms of media markets, if, if you are an NHL GM or somebody in the front office, that's just, you've got to be. I mean, yeah. look what they did to well, Brian He's laughing Burke. about it. So, it's, you know, it's, he was joking, but he was... He was using humor to mask his disgust for the rumor, I can tell you that. Hey, this is a perfect transition because Bruce Boudreau yesterday, uh, my segues are getting, they're pretty good. Hey, you might have a future in this business. Maybe. Always, I've always admired your segues. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. Uh, Bruce Boudreau, I don't have the exact quote, so so much for my great segue, but basically said if Devin Dubnik was playing in Toronto, 
Well, his exact quote was, there'd be no Carey Price in terms of the media. Did he which, say if was, if he was? If he was. It bugs me so much oh, that sorry. nobody uses the subjunctive. If he is? If, if he were. If he were. It's subjunctive. It's just a pet peeve of mine. All right. Can you spell that? Can you use it in a sentence? Subjunctive? Yeah. It's a, you just did. Okay. Can you give me the, the country of origin? <laughs> okay, I'm if gonna... Devin Dubnik were playing in a major yeah. media If market, he were, then. Okay. It's Bruce Boudreaux. Sorry. No, what, do you he's think he's, he's going to be grammatically correct? Probably not. He once said, I may not look it, but I feel all good on the inside. <laughs> so that wasn't that long ago. His, the point of his quote was that Devin Dubnik's not getting the attention that he would get if he were in Toronto. See, that's subjunctive, if you were in Toronto. Nice. Uh, well played. And it's hard to disagree with that. It really is. And I don't know, <clears throat> is there another sport where it's like this? Like, I understand in college football, you have the Heisman voting. Generally speaking, if you play on the East Coast, you, you have a, an advantage over somebody that plays on the West Coast. We saw that last year in extreme fashion. But I don't, I don't ever remember, like, an NFL award being up for grabs, and they're like, well... He doesn't play for the Giants, so he really has to play. He has to do better than these guys. Whereas in hockey, it's like if you play in Toronto and you're a B-plus season and this guy has an A, the guy in Toronto is going to win. And it's just the way it is, and they know it. I think Devin Dubnik, if he keeps this up, will be a finalist for the Vezina. Yeah. I mean, he keeps his goals yeah. against average is one point. Are we just talking about like media attention, or are we talking about attention from the people in the know in the, in the circles or the people doing voting on awards? I will say media attention that sometimes bleeds into award voting. How's that? Well, if Devin Dubnik isn't a finalist, you know, if he if he maintains this, then the, yeah, there's something wrong. But if he if he's a finalist, then I'd say he's getting the attention at least from the media. Right? Yeah, and he's gotten some love. Wasn't he? Didn't he win the Comeback Player of the Year a couple years back when when we were in Vegas? And great great quote too, by the way. Just always he's a great quote. Always funny guy. Funny, he, honest. Uh, so yeah. I, I think he's one of those guys that's well known. He played in Canada for a. I know Edmonton basically is not Canada, but it is Canada in terms of <laughs> right media market of coverage. Okay, because uh, Alberta is just there. Alberta, Alberta is like the Minnesota of Canada. It's just there. <laughs> can we? Can we? We at some point we just need to compile a list of the hockey markets. That we Jimmy need a big insulted. map in here, or just, just compile the list of what I have in It was just Edmonton, but now it's all of Alberta. So yeah. Calgary, and Minnesota. Calgary just by got the way. rolled into that. Minnesota, did Minnesota get trashed yeah, at some point? Said, a, a little bit, but it's but, but <laughs> a little bit. Just it's not that. It's not that. But when we talk about teams that get attention, almost nobody talks about the Wild. And we, I guess the Alberta teams are Canadian teams, but they get far less coverage than the teams in Ontario or or the team in British Columbia. Or, although Ottawa kind of just – Ottawa might be the least Canadian of all Canadian teams in terms of coverage. <laughs> well, because they're Toronto's rivals, so everybody up there seems to hate them. Let me just – how about this, okay? Uh, first of all, I think Jamie hit on it right there. Dubnik got a bunch of love I thought two years my ago. Ottawa comp. <laughs> <laughs> my trashing Ottawa. Alberta. But, uh, oh, yeah. No, okay, somewhere in all of that – Luke Whatever just confirmed that, that Alberta is no, just there. False. It is, it is kind of just there. Let me just sift through the wreckage of what Jamie just put out there. Okay. Was Boston in there, by the way? <laughs> it was implied. It was, it was absolutely implied. Not yet. Devin Dubnik is on the radar more so than some other goalies because his story was so great two years ago, and he got awards, and he had such a phenomenal second half that he was even a he was in contention for the Vesna. But if the season ended right now, or if, if the season played out exactly the way it's been playing out, who wins the Vezina? Carey Price. Yeah. Devin yeah. Dubnik's numbers are better in every category. Mm-hmm. Carey Price. But you can also look at what, what was Montreal two years ago with Carey Price? What was Montreal last year without him and 
Oh, he's back in. Oh, yeah, they're back at the you top. You know what they are? Standings. They're what Minnesota would be this year without Devin Dubnik. Carey Price is a better goalie. There's no debating that. He's the best goalie in the league. No debate. But if but his I, numbers keep up? It yeah. wouldn't even be close. Yeah. And Devin Dubnik's goals against average is 1.65, and his save percentage is 946. And ask anybody on the wild, he's the reason they're winning. And he would not even be close. He'd be runner-up. But he wouldn't even be close to Carey Price. And if Dubnik played in Montreal and Price played in Minnesota, Carey Price wouldn't even be close to Devin Dubnik. Do you deny that? There's not another sport like this. We're shaking our heads silently. <laughs> I mean, there really is, well, there is, there isn't, but there is. I mean, yeah. I, I know, I know, oh, it's another so one. It's there. like being wrong. A, a lot wrong. of times, again, it's good team versus bad team. That's fair. But I, let's pretend the records were reversed. Okay. Between the Dallas Cowboys and Arizona Cardinals. Okay. Yeah, I, this is okay. good. Well, the Cowboys what, what, are the one what, example I was hoping neither one of you would pick up on. What would the David Johnson versus Ezekiel Elliott conversation be if they were on? If the records were reversed. David Johnson would have won the MVP. So, I mean, like, so I know a lot of it has to do with, you know, hey, you know, they're not quite, uh, you know, they're record-wise a lot of times in terms of the MVP vote, especially in baseball, too. Like, that's the one where Mike Trout aside, which was a huge fight to get. It's, if you're a bad team, they don't like it. But Dallas Cowboys do get a little, get a little plus there. They do. They, that's, that is Dak a Dak Prescott's example. not one of the five best quarterbacks in the league right now, and he's going to finish no. in the top five in the MVP for all players. That's true. On a team where if Tony Romo is playing, they'd probably have the exact same record, or at least be close. Not to take away from that story, and also not to talk about it, because this is a hockey podcast. But you're right. I mean, right the second I was saying that, I was like, Jamie's going to find... Are we interrupting something, Craig? No, keep going, please. <laughs> Jamie's going to find an example, and my first thought was the America's team label that the Cowboys have in football. But you're right, it is tied to record. What is this? Is this Barbara Streisand? This is not Barbara Streisand. It's coming. Well, should we transition and just have this play? No, this is a really long intro. I didn't expect this. This is a live version? This is a live version. This is the acoustic version. Does anyone recognize this yet? Justin Bieber, isn't it? Yeah. It's Eric Clapton. I think it's on your screen. Eric Clapton wrote a song about Alberta? He did. I think that strengthens my point. <laughs> is that a person named Alberta that he misses, or is that the actual problem? It's, it's an old blues song, yes. Exactly. She had to ruin my fun there. Sorry. <laughs> I thought he was going to write a song about Devin Dubnik, and I was going to give you many props on the show. But instead, that opportunity has passed. Mm-hmm. All-star okay, voting. I want to hear your segue now. All-star voting. Oh, was, there was, no seg- was there a segue there? No, there was no segue. I didn't hear anything. This? Poor, poor effort, actually. We there's, just shifted gears. There's yeah. really no way to segue out um, of Eric Clapton, so... Well, you know, you're the expert. Okay. I, you know what? I will segue. Unexpected better. Oh. Jamie said Ottawa's just there. They are just there in second place in the Atlantic. Somebody want to explain that to me? Yeah, I got no explanation for that. They won't be there at the end of the season. I'll <laughs> <laughs> explain it really quick. Is, is that the end of our discussion of Ottawa? <laughs> So, no, somebody dive deeper. I'm going to challenge you guys. Uh, How is Ottawa winning all these games? They've had, you know, they've had... I think it's obvious, Eric Carlson. <laughs> He's the greatest defenseman to ever play the game. Are you, are you going to vote for Norris again this year, Craig? Or? He's also leading the league in turnovers. Did you know that? Is he? He is. He has the puck a lot. That's the explanation. You're an Eric Carlson truther. You know that. Tops in the league in turnovers. <laughs> He's got a lot of responsibility. He does. He does. I'll, I'll admit that. I feel like if you if you lose that Blackhawks bet and they make it to the Stanley Cup this year, you should have to get Eric Carlson's hairstyle for next year's podcast. You should have to grow your hair out and put it in a man bun. I'll do that. I'll at least buy a, like some kind of wig. Okay. Yeah. I'll hey, do that. All okay. right. 
If, if the Blackhawks make the cup finals, I have to wear an Eric Carlson wig. Just make the cup. I'm not All saying right. they're going to win. Everybody hearing this? Eric Carlson wig. Eric Carlson wig. We'll get Sebastian to send one over from Sweden. <laughs> I wonder if they sell them there. They probably don't because everybody in Sweden has amazing hair. They don't need wigs. Right. Have you noticed that? But I think that's true, actually. No, it is. I think it is true. Like who? I'm trying to think of the player I was... Oh, it was uh, Alex Winberg that I was looking up the other day and I was like... Dude's got really good hair. Oh, I don't... Never mind. You're on your own now. Well, you know, <laughs> when you get to my age and you start to lose your hair... You don't have Alex Wenberg hair. I and by the way... I don't Dave, think I ever had Alex Wenberg hair. We have the name for this episode. Alex, Alex Wenberg, Wenberg hair, hair or yeah. Eric Carlson wig. Ooh, that's a good point. Maybe Wenberg Could hair versus Carlson wig. Uh, Why don't we do that? Why don't we make yeah. it a question? Okay. Alex Wenberg hair or Eric Carlson wig? You choose. Post that to the uh, you listeners. Decide. Nobody on Ottawa scores except Eric Carlson. They have 68 goals. That's a low number. Yep. They are, what, second worst in the NHL, unless that's changed in the last two days. They've had a lot of outside factors that are unfortunate impact their goaltending situation, and yet they're still getting great goaltending. They just, it's, it's kind of a remarkable story that nobody's talking about. And as I bring it up to you both, neither one of you wants to talk about it. <laughs> so I guess that says something about the Senators but they're hanging around. They're kidding. I mean, Kyle Turris has 11 goals. But as a team. Oh, our listeners don't want to hear that, do they? As a team. They yeah, they're, they all just, they're all leading the team with now. 11 goals. How many goals does Blake Wheeler have? You have seven computers over there. One of the them should always be tuned to Blake Wheeler. Ex-Coyote stat leaders? Scott Darling. We have to do that. Yeah, Scott Darling. He's kind of, so much. Kind of. Picked up a win the other day. He did well. All right. Uh, just That's like double insulting, right? You consider who we did it against. You just keep talking while the second half of a back-to-back there, big guy. Which I don't know if that made a difference in that one. Uh, just keep talking so I can find Ottawa's goals against average. Okay. For some Mike reason, Hoffman, Mark Stone, both nine goals. So they're getting... Okay. You're right. It's, it's a little top-heavy there. You drop down and there's... Their PK unit's been really good. Goals four per game. Two point... Oh, they've moved up a little bit. Never mind. They're up to 22nd in the NHL, but for the longest time... Ignore what Luke said. Right, right at the bottom. That's still not a good number. And they're, they're, winning, they're winning more than Tampa, more than Jamie's precious Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. There was, there was bitterness in that. I know. We're very, very much bitterness. Hold on, is, there, is there a little history with Tampa? That I don't know about. Did no, I miss this? Just you know, you know how it is with Jamie. By the way, that Bruce Boudreaux. He's just preparing was, for them, the, the Penguins to lose in the Eastern Conference Final to them. You know so. what? I've accepted it. If it happens, but only if it happens to Tampa. The Boudreaux quote I, was, quote I was trying to find from earlier. I told the guys I may not look it, but my insides are really happy right now. That was the second half of that quote. That that was a separate quote. It had nothing it's to do with nothing Devin to do Dubnik. with Dubnik. Okay. Yeah, okay. But it's a good quote. It's probably good that it had nothing to do with Dubnik. That's a fair point. I'm glad his insides are happy. See, it doesn't make you happy to know Bruce Boudreaux's insides are happy. I like Bruce Boudreaux. Boudreaux, he's always a joy to talk to, and he's 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 uh, he's a great quote and a pretty good coach too. He's an all star. Speaking of which, all star voting. Ah, yes. I feel like we have uh, a, a voting process this year that's a little more. Oh boy, here we go. I don't know what the word is. It, it symbolic of the better players in the uh, league. How's that? At least the the leading vote getters. I'm still trying to see. Everything. Should we have an exception every year? Would, yeah. would, the the, the league's getting off scot free this year. Should uh, uh, there it is. Uh, wow. There it is. Right. John Scott again. See now you know why oh, I take yeah, shots. I don't want to talk about John Scott. Oh, we're going to end the show. Let me ask you this, though. Given, given the popularity of that vote last year, in spite of its origins, do you think that the league should have 
one sort of exception and maybe create some better parameters for that? Should there be a player, for instance, that's honored for battling back from something really difficult or overcoming something or a guy who's just been a character guy his entire career? Should they have one exception so that a guy who maybe doesn't have the stats to get in can get in via that route. Who would vote on that? Would that be something the players voted on? good question. That's something you'd have to talk about. I almost feel like the players should be able to vote yeah. on that because I think they'd, they'd have more insight and appreciate it But more. then you've taken it away from the fans again, so you... Well, no, I mean, you, I think we already solved the problem last couple weeks ago. Just You give the fans a list that is, you know, a fairly extensive list, but it's a list. There's no write-ins or whatever, and then you vote. And no write-ins fans... of guys who have yeah. no earthly business being in the All-Star game. Now, again, the the Ulster game is meaningless largely. So we can, you can make that argument, what does it matter? But well, yeah, and I think you have to pick one of the two directions. And it's either it doesn't matter, so chaos, let chaos ensue, or we kind of want to keep it uniform and we have to put restrictions in place. But It's still an honor to, to these yeah. guys. I mean, I know a lot of them skip it. If there's a the top players who have been there before skip right, it. Right, and they skip it because, you know, God, it'd be nice to get a rest yeah. so that I could help my team down the stretch. Darn you. I mean, I even like to see, you know, like the, 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 I like the NBA. I don't know if they still do it or not, but like the, the rookies versus sophomore game. Yeah. As part of All-Star Weekend. No, that would be cool. I mean, especially with the way the World Cup went, I think the most successful part of that was the 23 and under team. Yeah. Could you have like a we 23 about, and under didn't team? Didn't we talk about uh, yeah, why didn't a and podcast earlier where we talked about having three-on-three competition instead? You take the same amount of players, you're going to yeah. play less. Your ice time goes way down, and then you just it's just crazy and exciting because it's three-on-three. Yeah. I don't know, all these things. Well, and consider. The, yeah. I mean, the way they did it last year with that three-on-three tournament was lost in the shuffle of the whole John Scott thing. But I actually liked it. Like, yeah. if I mean, yeah. they're going to do it again, so it, that yeah. that was enjoyable. So, my point with the whole John Scott thing was there was this groundswell. Fans really enjoyed this, right? And it it got the league more more attention. Now you could argue, yeah, it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen again like that. So you can't replicate that. But well, it shouldn't. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been as cool. If you thought last year was cool and then it happened just, again next year, right. okay. It's like all these outdoor games. It's like a sequel to a movie that shouldn't have a sequel. But is there a way to allow the fans, like, almost free reign on one pick? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's something to think about yeah. so that there's more engagement from the fans. There's, there's something really meaningful about it's it for the, them, the even if it, the it's irreverent, thing. right? Yeah, well, it's the last guy on the roster thing that like MLB does. Yeah, yeah, that I like. I mean, or I don't mind the fans picking the teams as long as you give them a list that they have to pick from. But let them pick the teams. I have no issue with that. And then if you want to have coaches or whoever have a vote, or I, I do kind of like the idea of I don't know would you do one for every division or just one player gets in based on merit or based on it would be a great story. Like if we know Yarmer Yager's retiring and he wants to go, right. The players select him or yeah, something? something like that. But, but again, I still think fan engagement matters. And, and I, you know, I have a problem with just vote-getters, leading vote-getters, because it's obviously going to skew to the bigger markets for the yeah. bigger teams. So that's it's not fair. But or, this year, or the home team of the All-Star game. Yeah, I mean, the year when it was all Columbus players. But it, Crosby, Kane, McDavid, and Price are your four leaders right now. That's fine. Those are four great players. Yep. So, yeah, it is... It's almost it's worse in baseball when you have a lineup and you've got your eight infielders and outfielders and six of them are Toronto Blue Jays or Kansas City Royals and one of them's hitting two hundred. That yeah, more or extreme. a couple of years back where Josh Hamilton got elected to start in center field when he played zero games that yeah. season. The NFL Pro Bowl is like that too, and that's yeah. the, 
that that involves the players. So the NFL Pro Bowl is because they have to take the ninth vote getter because the first eight don't want to go. Right. So although Hawaii, yeah, Hawaii is more attractive. Yeah, yeah, that's more attractive. It's a party. Are we going to close on John Scott, who retired this week? Craig? Who also said he was going to retire like three months ago. But it's yeah, true. but he, he had a Players' Tribune piece, so that means he's officially retired. Now. That's like the official. That's more official than signing your retirement papers at this point. If you write something for the Players' Tribune. So, yeah. Craig, do you did you any, read it? Any parting thoughts? I did. You did. Did yeah. you read it? I did not. I did not either. Oh. Wow. Okay. It was uh, heartfelt I, and soulful. Okay. I gave it as much attention as I gave John Scott's NHL career, which was <laughs> very little. All right, then. Or all-star appearance. Actually, I couldn't avoid that. But. Yeah, no, nobody could avoid that. It's a pretty seamless transition, I thought, from all-star to John Scott as we wrap up. Mm, he, he was an all-star. He was a one-time all-star. It'll go down in the record books. Yeah. One-time all-star. Do you guys have any final thoughts here before we wrap on up? On John Scott? No, just on anything. Just this is The floor is yours. I don't want to feel like I'm steering this show in all these fantastic directions that I've steered it in today. Anything else you want to talk about? Just pick who, a team. Who are your cup favorites today? To get to the Stanley Cup. Yep. I would just, just to get there. Still, uh, probably Chicago and Stick Pittsburgh. Okay, Chicago and Pittsburgh. Um... Only because I don't know what's up with Stamkos in terms of the playoffs. I mean, at the start of the year, my pick was Chicago-Tampa. Yes. Pittsburgh has done nothing to indicate that they shouldn't be a favorite, and Crosby is playing out of his mind, so I have to go with Chicago and Pittsburgh right now. Washington, I will say, a little shaky. I think they'll be fine, and maybe this is better for them to kind of go into the playoffs potentially with some momentum. Maybe this is how they get past everybody. But I do think there's something to winning the Metro this year because then it means you don't have to play Washington or New York in round one. Who you got, Jamie? Uh, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh in the East uh, just because Tampa Bay's banged up right now. Uh, and in the West, I don't feel confident in almost anybody. Cool. But I would – I still think San Jose has a better chance than people are giving them credit for. Rematch. Jamie's calling for a rematch. And I can just tell you, Craig's pick is uh, Alex Wenberg's hair. Because I just his picture just popped up and I can see it right there. No, that, that, is, that, that isn't. Yeah. Now Craig's distracted. No, Craig, see, that's not it. Actually, that's not who I was thinking of. It was somebody else that I was looking at. Oh. In fact, he does, it's just blown the whole argument out of the water. He's got like a short really, haircut. It's a, just not much of a hairdo. By the way, who who, uh, who hates who was, more, was, Craig uh, Morgan to Eric Carlson or Phil Jackson or Carmelo Anthony? I don't hate Eric Carlson. I just I just want more from a defenseman. He just wants more. I want <laughs> a defenseman who's able to defend. Now, again, granted, the, the best way not to have to defend is to possess the puck and put up seventy-five points a year. And, yeah, and do the crazy things that he does offensively. But defending matters to me when I'm evaluating a defenseman. Don't dodge the question. Who's your Stanley Cup pick? My Stanley Cup. I, I got the Penguins from the East as well. Okay, that makes me nervous <laughs> that we all have the Penguins. <laughs> until it's, I see the cap one, until I see the Capitals do it, I very the, cautious picking them. I think the Rangers the are going to regress. In the West, and it, I may be skewed because I see them more, but... Coyotes? No, I like St. Oh. Louis. Okay. I like St. Louis to get it together here, and I like a lot of what they've done. I, I had doubts about them at the beginning of the year, but I think they're going to hold on to Kevin Shattenkirk now. I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah, assuming they keep Shattenkirk. So their blue line is rock solid, and I don't think their path will be as challenging as it was last year, coming out of the Central, which I think is... Ultimately, the reason they lost to San Jose, in my opinion, I think they were just they too were just worn out up. from two seven-game series. I, I would agree with that. Taking nothing away from San Jose, but there did seem to be an element of just fatigue or mm-hmm. whatever, just 
being worn down for St. Louis. So you think St. Louis is going to win the Central then if you think that their path's going to be easier? I don't know. I just think they're getting uh, – I, I didn't have to be pinned down on that, did I? No, no, but just based on what I just don't think the Central's as good. The defense year. rests. I don't, I don't think the Central's as good this year. No, but – but okay. So when you say that you think their path's going to be a little bit easier this year, to me that, that implies that they're not opening with Chicago in round one and then facing yeah. whatever, Nashville in round two. I think they then, take down Chicago in less than seven games this year. Okay. I want all this. Uh, yeah, Luke, Luke has them winning each series in three. So, you know what? If, Blackhawks. If yeah. if okay. if you guys are on the other side of the Blackhawks in the playoffs, and I'm on the, the side of the Blackhawks, I like my chances. All right, is that going to do it for us? Yeah, I think we should end with this because we should all feel a little bit safer. Okay. Than we were when the show started uh, because Border Patrol just intercepted twelve rolls of Mexican bologna in El Paso. Finally, bologna. Yes. What is Mexican bologna? Define Mexican bologna. I don't know. They have no further details at this time, but it's prohibited because of potential of foreign diseases. This is why... But, and yet we let all that produce in from Mexico that doesn't undergo the same FDA test. Does, does it concern anybody that bologna is served in a roll? Who, just, who eats bologna? Who yeah. eats rolls of meat? Who, well, I mean, hot dogs are... I mean, hot... Yeah, I mean, you could make it argument that trying to think about that. Tightly rolled piece of bologna. Oh, all right. Well, I know what I'm Couldn't not you? eating at the game tonight. I saw Anthony D'Angelo pounding one in the uh, elevator the other night. I was surprised. Really? Yeah. Well, that was his only option. I was up there, too. I ate one. It's really the only option you get for free yeah. up there. Yeah. It's free food. Chips. So. There's chips. There are chips. you got to get there early. And that weird sauce. That weird sauce is good. You know what? None of this needs to go on the podcast. But that weird sauce is good. Yeah, what is that weird sauce? I don't know. Good. It's like some chili. I haven't tried, I haven't tried it yet. You should try it. You're missing out. I would dip like a Twinkie in it, but if you dip the chips in it, Do you remember it's when good. they had whoa, chicken whoa, whoa. tenders? Oh, back in the day. Pepperidge Farms. Just a little while. All right. By the way, what would you dip a Twinkie in anyway? That's, it's, it's, where did you go? Why did you go with that? I don't know. <laughs> Melted marshmallow? <laughs> That's actually ah, pretty good, huh? Actually. Okay, see? Twinkies there's, never decay, do they? There's a reason no. we left this all in at the end of the podcast. Isn't there? No. Because okay. it's the best material. And that's yeah, it's probably the best part of the podcast. All the way to the end. <laughs> we should just talk about like food and press box food instead there of was hockey. A, uh, there was a Twinkie when I went to the University of Wisconsin. Oh, God. Okay. I mean, tell us more, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you've gone too far. You need to I don't even remember which department. It had been there for four years before I arrived, and it was there after I left. It was, no, it was still wrapped. It, yeah. Wasn't, yeah. it was, wasn't unwrapped, but... It was unchanged. <laughs> I feel like at some point, as Properly like a hazing preserved. ritual, somebody should have had to eat that. It was it, it was still edible. Do you ever go back and wonder if it's I should, still there? I should find out if it's still there. I should check. It's bronzed now. You don't need to bronze no, it. It's naturally bronzed. It's true. It's naturally bronzed. Well, naturally, in quotes. <laughs> Unnaturally bronzed. Scary preservatives. All right. For Craig Morgan and Jamie Eisner, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to Episode 62 of the Natural Hattrick Podcast.